0: Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast. Now here's your host, award-winning country music artist Luann Hunt. Back in 1961 in St. Albans, England, two young chaps by the names of Rod Argent and Colin Blunstone got together and formed The Zombies. The group went on to score numerous hits, including She's Not There, Tell Her No, and Time of the Season. During their heyday, the Zombies experienced many ups and downs, but they kept on rocking. Rod left the group in 1969 to pursue other career avenues, but eventually reunited with Colin and the Zombies in 2000. They've been touring and recording ever since. Today... Rod stopped by Luann's Land podcast to talk about the evolution of his group, how their approach to making music has evolved, and what lies in store for the band's future. I'm sure you're like me and can't wait to hear what Rod has to say, so let's dive into the interview. Hello Rod, how are you doing today? Oh
1: hi, I'm fine, Uh, thank you very much, yeah, really good.
0: Such an honor to have you on the show and you know, I can't believe that you guys are still at it all these years later. Well, in a
1: way, I can't believe it either. I mean, um, do you know, um, on our last tour in in the States, um, uh, Graham Nash came along to one of the concerts and he said afterwards, do you know, he said, if when we were chatting 50 years ago, I would have said to you um, two things. One, that we'd still be as excited yeah.
0: when you love music you're always going to have that urge to create, right? No matter how, how much time goes by how old you get. I
1: think that's the secret as well. I think that um, one of the, the great things about um, this sort of second incarnation since Colin, Colin and I got back together again um, in the early 2000s um, and came over to the States where we were capitalizing the tour ourselves when we came over because Um, We certainly weren't making money at the beginning of this second reincarnation Um, although um, we're playing to pretty big audiences often now Um, but uh, the thing is that we... This second incarnation, we're doing things for exactly the same reasons as we were when we first came out. We do it because we get excited about uh, creating something musical um, and, and to be able to feel those same feelings um, that we were feeling way back in 1961, 62 and 64 when we had our first recording session is such a privilege you know it's it's something that we, we, we wouldn't have looked for but um, the the stimulus from uh, uh, for playing and creating is exactly the same and very few people in other professions can, can say that I think when, when um,
0: You know, you get to this age, I guess. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm glad you pointed it out that you were sort of re experiencing those feelings from way back because the 60s and 70s were such a magical time for music. And nowadays, it just doesn't seem that way. I don't know if it's just me because of my age or whatever, but it just doesn't seem to have the same fairy dust kind of thing on it like it did back then. So. Like I said, I'm glad to hear that you're experiencing that.
1: I think, I think there are two or three reasons for that. I think one reason um, is the fact that in the 60s, it was truly a magical time for every sort of music. I think it was a fantastic time um, for rock and roll, obviously, where boundaries were being torn down all the time. New things were being discovered and created. Um we were left to create whatever we wanted to do because the guys at that time who were in charge of the record companies at the beginning didn't really understand it so they said well we we'll just let them get on with it so there were none of these restrictions that you see all over the place now where everything is categorised and put into a slot um, and playlists are uh, sort of all important over so much of the media um, in those days the world was open to you, and, and and all those boundaries were there to be broken down. So it was a great time for rock and roll, a great time for influences coming from every sort of music, from jazz, from um, black music in in every form, from um, rural blues, um, of people like Muddy Waters and John Lee Hooker, from um, uh, even from classical music, from from uh, wonderful jazz that was going on an explosion of fantastic music with the early Miles Davis groups of around 1958 with Coltrane and Adderley um, and, and Bill Evans of course it who is still one of my favourite pianists um, it was such a great time of music and, and, and I think that's one reason that all this was swirling around that anything seemed possible um, that, which was a, a great explosion of possibility and feeling I think And the second thing was um, there were none of the easy ways of making music in the sense that these days anybody can uh, download a great sample of a drum loop or something and throw on um, an unrelated sort of bass loop and then find uh, a vocal thing from somewhere. And you've almost got a record there. In, in those days, the only way to touch people and make things work was to structure something in the best possible way. And so you had to work at something until the structure really worked. Uh, and and people were working with chords and exploring harmonies in, in, in so much more of a detailed way because that was the only way to make things sound good then. So I think for many reasons, it, uh, it, it was a time... Of, of, of greater experimentation in, and invention. Um, but there again, I'm quite willing to believe, like you're saying, that um, I, I, I betray my age in some of the things I say, and I, I understand that too. But there are one or two new bands i, I come across. <laughs> Not many, but I, I, uh, there's a West Coast band called The Lemon Twigs that um, I've heard some stuff from that I think sounds really inventive and fresh.
0: I think that's the key word, fresh. It's very difficult to get that because it seems like when you look at the past, everything's been done that that could be done. And I think yeah. in a lot of ways, they people have heard it all before. So back in the sixties and seventies, it was all new, and it was like, wow, it was like a little kid on Christmas morning. But once you've heard it a million times or played with the toy a million times, you don't really care about the toy anymore.
1: It's enough, those almost those words um, came out of a, 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 a much younger band than us who who have just had a number one single all around the world called Portugal the Man with Feel It Still um, and they came over to do um, uh, a big concert in London and uh, for some reason the one thing they wanted to do while they were over here was to meet us so we all went up to London um, and met them in a hotel. They were absolutely lovely, charming people, really musically erudite um, and interested in everything. But um, the singer was saying, um, do you know what he said? Um, we based our record on please Mr. Postman, really. He said, although, you know, it doesn't really, it sounds like that in a way. I mean, when you, when you know that, you can, you can hear it. But they put a real fresh, inventive thing on it. And I love the way it sounds. But he said, he said, well, he said, I figured the Beatles have done all the, all the best stuff anyway. <laughs> so why, you know, why not start with something um, that you know is good, and then just throw your own spin on it. And, and he used, please, Mr. Postman, but did this set out vocal um, on his, his tune, you know, um, over the top of it, and, and ended up with a great sounding single. And
2: it's,
1: but, but you know he he was saying those things. all the all the good things have been done, whereas at that time they were just being discovered
0: exactly, yeah, and there's always some intrigue to something new. So I like when bands do covers of something, but they do it totally different than the original, because I hear a lot of covers. But it's like, why would you recreate the same thing? That's ridiculous. If you're going to do a cover, do it your own way.
1: Yeah. Do you know, there was one... um, um, I I was completely amazed um, a year or or two ago when Eminem used so much of Time of the Season, including vocal parts, um, on... um, uh, on, on one of his tracks on, on his album, and he called it Rhyme or Reason. Um, but he did it really cleverly. He, he used, uh, wh- whereas, whereas we think It's the Time of the Season for Loving, he sang over uh, a whole backing track, he sang There's No Rhyme or No Reason for Nothing. So he used it very much sound alike, and the rhythm was exactly the same. Um, but he inverted, the sense completely which was very clever um and uh, even though i'm not a fan of rap i have to say uh, again preferring my age probably um I, I thought it was very very clever what he did so he wasn't just covering well of course he wouldn't um doing the things he does but a very clever inversion of, of the original record which which spun something new and clever on
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of different versions of old songs done like that, and they can be really interesting and cool. Now, this is kind of maybe a strange question because you guys have had so many awesome songs from the past, but do you see growth in yourselves as songwriters in the new material? Oh,
1: I think so. The great thing is that um, the last album we made, um, I think, has a real resonance. Um, of the early Zombies albums because um, we deliberately went back and recorded in the way that we were doing in 1965 we recorded in a room all together with live vocals which touched a bit but the, the vocals were live the solos were fresh and live they weren't replaced um, because we were having such a ball doing it and we were recording the tracks in, 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 you know, because we weren't layering them up they were very organic and we recorded them really pretty quickly, and we had a ball doing that. So we, um, in many ways, we were trying to assemble some of the same components that that we were when we were putting together those early to get a real capturing of a performance and real freshness. But at the same time, um, I think all our shots are better now than they were then. Uh, Colin sings everything in the uh, in the same keys. He's got. He's got the same range as he had when he was younger. His voice has changed a little, which is inevitable over the years, but in many ways for the good. other people, uh, if, if it works. Not everything works, but you know, you work towards an idea that suddenly catches fire. You know, it's a magical feeling when that happens. And that's still very, very important to us. So I think with the greater
0: you know, I think if you're a true artist, you're always going to be striving for that next level of excellence. So it's not so much about, well, we had this hit in the past, but it's like, now how can we go to the next level? Right.
1: It's absolutely not how, how we, how, you know, how can we, you know, re, uh, remake the past It's you know, I, we've always run away from that, but not, not in a contrived way. It's not, we must invent something new. It's, Let's follow the same feelings of excitement that we've always had about something sparking and working. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's, it, that's, it's incredibly important to keep that. And, 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 and I think that you've only got one line, and when you get to the end of it, you can't be thinking, for instance, one of the things we've never thought throughout our lives, we've never ever thought, oh, how can we make this more commercial? You know, this is really what's going down at the moment. We've never done that. And I believe in it, because I believe in the short term, that can really help you, it can help you get played, etc, etc. But in the long term, I think it dates your stuff. And I think one of the unlooked-for things that we've had is that that these days, there is a young generation of people that seem to be able to relate to the stuff we've done all the way through and the stuff we're doing now. And that's fantastic, and I think it's because we never tried to hitch ourselves onto the coattails of fashion when we were younger, and I think that did us a disservice in the immediate times of when we were young, because it sometimes meant that radio stations wouldn't play our records, but in the long term it's meant it hasn't dated as much as some of the people that were contemporary to us at that time. I think you have to be true to yourself, you really do. You have to find out the centre of what you know makes you work musically and what is important to you musically and, and be true to it. And I honestly believe that in the end, that could be the most commercial thing. I mean, I think the Beatles always did that from the start. I mean, they obviously wanted to be successful and they obviously wanted to make money, but they never um, made that more important than getting excited about exploring different areas and just doing what made them feel good and what made them excited and enthusiastic in a creative way. And again, as I said, you've only got one line. And if you get to the end of it, you think, oh, God, what have I done this for? You know, um, we've been really, really lucky um, to be able to, uh, you know, I, I feel that I've been able to make a good living out of music for the whole of my life. And... And in the in the many years since Argent um, and and then the, this second uh, incarnation of the Zombies, when I wasn't playing live, I was still doing massive stuff playing on other people's records, playing from everyone from the Who to Andrew Lloyd Webber to um, Gary Moore um, on their albums, etc., and producing some really successful albums and playing on those albums. So. Uh, I've always been involved with music, but I've always tried to do that. Um, always, always tried to do, to give what what's inside myself in, in the truest way you can. You know, it's not always an easy thing to do, obviously. You know, it makes it sound very glib the way I'm saying it. But, um, but, you know, in the end, you want to look back and say, well, I did give it my best result
0: Well, if you follow your authentic path in life, then whatever you do at whatever time on the journey, it's going to sound fresh. I mean, there's there's no question about that. So beyond just touring right now, what does the group have in store down the road in the near future? Well, I'd love to do another
1: album. It was fantastic that the last album got such a, a great reaction and, um, in present day terms, so quite well for the for the, the sort of scale we're on because, you know, these days, um, w- what is a good sale is so different to, to the, what it was in the past and unless you're Adele a or Ed Sheeran or somebody, um, you know, you don't sell it the quantities people used to, so, um, but, but to actually um, get such a good reaction to it, to actually have it make its way into the Billboard Top 100, you know, a real feeling of achievement. the next thing we want to do um, after our West Coast tour uh, and then uh, after Um, uh, concert tours in um, you know so so that that we can we can actually uh, create new stuff to start recording uh, the next album
0: I'm sure your fans are going to be waiting for that very very anxiously I
1: hope so I
0: really do. Yeah. So before we go here, I wanted to ask you if you could offer some advice to up-and-coming bands, just, you know, creatively or, you know, what they should do as far as making their music as authentic as possible. Well,
1: I I would say what I always say, and it's really coming off the back of the conversation we've just had together, and that is, it is everything, I believe, to be true Difficult or easy, uh, whatever was in front of me, and no matter how slowly, trying to play that music through in tempo, and I taught myself the idiom of being able to sight read really, really well, passionately um, speaking, in that year, and I did I did it for no other reason uh, than it's what I wanted to do, and at the same time I, I indulged my love of jazz by. Um, uh, going uh, by exploring through some Jewish books um, uh, uh, jazz harmony etc again for no other reason than I just felt I wanted to extend myself in, in in those ways and and a couple of projects came up completely out of the blue after that year which I couldn't have done had i had I not done that and and I didn't do it because uh, I was looking to, make myself um, able to earn more money by doing it. It was because I wanted to become a better musician. And I think, you know, you can never be ready enough. So if you're in love with music, then um, indulge that love and increase it and work on it for its own sake. And when you're writing songs, do what you get excited about and then try and make it work. And then you've got the chance. If you can move yourself and your friends, you know that are playing with you, you've got the chance of reaching out and touching other people.
0: Wow, those are wise and profound words, and I am sure that the listeners out there will definitely take them to heart. (laughs) And I think what you said is true in all areas of life too. You know, just to be true to yourself always, no matter what you're doing. So thank you so much for being on the program today. It's, like I said, when we started, it's a great honor to have you on. I'm, I've always been a big fan of the zombies, so it's exciting for me. And I wish you guys all the best in, in everything that you do in the future.
2: Well, thank you. thank you very much. It's the time of the season. When love runs high in this time, give it to me easy And let me try with pleasured hands to take you in the sun to promise like me as he take sister. her Any time, any time to show, to show you what you need to live, tell it tell to me it slowly.
0: to Luann's Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at Luann's Land com or Luann's Land Podcast.buzzsprout.com Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming.